the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello, and welcome to episode 113 of That's a Shame. I'm Isaac. Who are you? I, I'm... Come Declan? on, don't Declan, fuck around. Declan, sorry, Declan. Yeah, yeah. okay. When it I ask a question, a this time of I night. don't want any dead air in this episode. Oh, that's You've a shame. You've got to understand that. So we should talk over each other, just At, to make sure. All the time, <laughs> 100%. Welcome back, and I mean you, the listener, to another fantastic, delayed episode of That's a but Shame. But also me, because we were here just last night. Yeah, we were. We recorded a record amount of content last night and put out none of it. And a record amount of content to be deleted. <laughs> you remember a, a, a couple of um, episodes ago where we unfortunately m- did a whole episode and it was about an hour and 10 minutes uh-huh. long. And then, oh, it just, oh. What happened? It was it was glitched and we, oh, oh we had to delete the was, whole that was thing. That was unfortunate. This time, there, there this was time no the glitch. glitch was in our personalities, <laughs> thinking it was acceptable. I, I need to re-listen to the last, like, 10 minutes of the first episode we recorded uh-huh. last night, because I was so un, unreasonably tired and, right. like, out of it. And I have a really strong memory of sitting here in this seat and starting a point. And as soon as I started it, just ran I forgot <laughs> what it was entirely. Did you carry on? I carried on. And for the whole the time, you were staring in such appalled horror <laughs> at me. <laughs> like, there, it wasn't something that grew as yeah. I kept talking, where you were eventually like, hang on, this doesn't make where, any sense. Where's he going? From, from word two, you were going, <laughs> what, what are you doing? I'm we were finishing out. the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept... Because I, I thought if I... It, normally it's one of those things where if you talk on the topic for You'll a couple sentences, you, back you end up back where you were. And I, I got nothing. And so I, I essentially said <laughs> sod off for, for five minutes. Hours. <laughs> well, if you're a patron, you'll get to hear an edited version of those two very lengthy conversations in the next couple of weeks. That's patreon.com slash shame city by a couple of weeks. I mean like the next nine days yeah. specifically, but here we are back again. Sorry. It's late. Why is that? It's because we, like we just said, <laughs> recorded a lot of drops. And somehow we've it's still taken us until half past two to, in the morning Yeah, on Tuesday. Well, to, it's because we've had too many ideas for what this Sunday, exactly. the fun and day should be. And I think that the quality and or length of this episode will be testament to that. Yeah, because they say shorter is better, don't they? Always. Mm. Films, height... Sex. Um, illness duration. Mm. A big one there. <laughs> Probably the biggest. Well, uh, as long as you the, mean. In the sense that it's that you, the shortest. Yeah. It, hopefully in meaning that you get better at the end. That not you that die you painlessly. Die Absolutely. As soon as possible. Declan has prepared for us some content. Oh, uh, which, playing it fast and loose with, with the word there? prepared <laughs> and, and content. content. <laughs> but nonetheless, we shall labour under the illusion that some preparation has taken place. Um, in this case, someone has messaged you mm-hmm. an article, which we always appreciate. Tass at shame.city is a great way to send us things to talk about on the show to get our particular it's, sideways. I, I don't know that it is because we've had another person who can't get in touch. Oh, come on. Who's that then? Toby that I sent you. Oh, tell him to get real. Just send it <laughs> via normal email. Don't go on the website. What am I? You're not paying me enough to be your tech support, guys. But um, anyway. Yeah, so uh, most listeners will know that it's... No, well, for us now, it's the 23rd of October. Uh-huh. Friend and flatmate Mark's 23rd birthday. God. 23rd on the 23rd. 
Oh, that's crazy, isn't so it? So imagine you've missed yours by miles. Yeah. I fucked mine as well. Oh, well. Oh, well. We tried our best. <laughs> and do you then think the grave you, came. Do you think you hated your first birthday as well? Don't think so. I don't think I was particularly aware of what was going on. And as I've seen some photos of it and it looked like I had a pretty good time. Oh, that's good. That's nice to know. Because you're at the start of something pretty solid when mm. you're turning one, aren't you? You're yeah. like, look at me. So what it means, mm-hmm. though, it being the 23rd, is that tomorrow marks one week until Halloween. Oh, goodness. So we've got to have some spooktacular stuff going on. Yeah, we better And have. we thought we'd ease into that with a bit of horror. You've got to really, like, lubricate those spooky glands and prior to entry. And you're not editing this one. <laughs> I was sent <clears throat> by the mother of friend and listener, uh-huh. Supercont, Emily, uh, a link on Twitter. I know Emily's mum well, Sarah. Please she's very lovely. expand on that because you said it like you are a joint murder duo. <laughs> I know her well. If I've you've seen the film Natural nine. Born Killers, <laughs> you'll that know based, it's based on, on us. No, um, well, our families have been friends for ages. Oh, yeah. um, she got uh, first introduced me to like reading Stephen King books because mm. she's read all of them. Because before that, you were just like chewing on the corners of them. Yeah, she Didn't know showed what was me how to on. open it up. Look here, it is. Showed it's me the these words. crazy symbols inside. <laughs> um, and so we spent many a kind of like birthday party or whatnot, yeah. staying up late and talking about these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So she sent me this list. Uh, <clears throat> And she said, be interested to hear your thoughts on this. I was gobsmacked when I realised I'd only seen five of them. Okay. And Ooh, it's you've a tweet what it is, from though. someone called Owen Gleiberman. Gleiberman, yeah. He probably says Gleiberman incorrectly. Sure. His, uh, his bio on Twitter says, chief film critic for Variety, oh. author of Movie Freak 2016. <laughs> That's a funny name. And he's got... 13.7 thousand followers. Not as many as I'd like have a lot for the chief film critic for Variety. Yeah, and Variety's and, like quite known for its criticism, isn't it? And perhaps it's because he is responsible for some of the worst film takes mm. I've ever seen. In one handy Just in this article. one handy article. Bite size. His shame. tweet says, here's my at Variety list of the best 20 horror films of the last 20 years. Three oh, reasons okay. to get mad, <clears throat> and I won't tell you what they are just yet because you'll find out when we get to the article and okay. the list itself. For further reasons, please click here and links to his article. Uh, now, I, I don't seem to be able to see this article in the standard tweet format, so I can't tell you how many replies it, it has. But um, we were talking yesterday in one of our shorts about being ratioed yeah. on Twitter. Do you want to quickly recap what that is? Basically, it's when you do something very wrong and rather than, you know, the likes, the retweets, you just get tons of replies of people saying, oh, oh no, you're very wrong. That's a shame. And very little of the kind of positive interaction you might be looking for on a tweet. So I'm, I, I don't know if this is something knew that Twitter is doing or if it's because this this tweet was so controversial. Yeah. But it does have a little link at the top that says people tweeted about this. Okay. And there's a link to just people tweeting about this tweet. That's handy. And so to give you a taste, let me read some of these tweets. Yeah. Let's just we're just dipping our our elbows into the whirlpool of feedback. Luke Crum. Love his work. No B. 
whose handle is at crummy Luke <laughs> says, oh, no. he sounds like a folklore paedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Who was that guy in Liverpool Hello, who you had to worry about? Purple-ackey. Purple-ackey. Yeah, they could be he a double Luke. I'm placing myself in concussion protocol after the vicious <laughs> pa- face palm this has induced. What's concussion protocol? That's a great term. Brian says, well, there is a lot of wrong with this list. Okay. Jason Wise says, there's so much wrong with this top 20 list of best horror films in the last 20 years. We as a nation must stop misinformation in the news. Uh you you know your list sucks when even Stephen King makes the effort to diss it. Oh wow, he, Stephen King's his is the top reply. Okay, and we'll and we'll get there okay. once we've read uh, the list. So it's it's were not you cherry well picking received. the feedback there, or was that just the, a, a fair sample? Of... Those were the first like four tweets in the okay. people tweeting about this. It seems fair to me, so, methodologically speaking. Here we go. Take it away, Owen. Twenty years in terms of horror films doesn't sound all that long. Yet it adds up to a generation, and the list below reflects that. Mm. It's a catalogue of this catalogue with no UE. Ah, okay. Of the cinematic fears and obsessions that define an era. The list is also destined to start a few fights. <clears throat> Brackets, no, I'm not a fan of It Follows. And yes, I do think that, and then names a film that's on the list, uh-huh. is that good. Okay. So feel free to object, and people have, and to point out the dozens of terrific films I left out. Okay. So, Number 20. Yeah. We start strong. The Babadook. Yeah. 2014. Too low. Okay. Oh, sure. It's scrappy at times. Scrappy. Oh, okay. Right. So he, here's the thing. Even when he's right, he's wrong. Because imagine this as your opening sentence about the Babadook. It's scrappy and at times a little short on atmosphere. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that, the film is, like, the major critique of it is that it's mostly atmosphere. It's only and atmosphere. minimal plot. And, like, it's character. just a big atmosphere. Yeah, it's one great big horrible grey hell. But Jennifer Kent's sinister maternal psychodrama puts you inside the head of a woman on the verge, like no horror film since Repulsion. Mm. It's set in Australia, he helpfully uh, tells us. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is relevant. <laughs> who was widowed in a car uh, where uh, Amelia, who was widowed in a car crash the night she gave birth to her son, who is now six. The son is deeply troubled, yep. but not nearly so much as his mother. He's mm. plagued by visions of a character out of one of his illustrated storybooks, The Babadook, a walking cutout Dr. Caligari crossed with Jack the Ripper. He seems to be expressing nothing so much as her own forbidden rage. I feel like he's misunderstood a little bit if he thinks that the the book, Mr. Babadook's book, is just one of his children's books. Yeah, it's just, like he picked up from the library. Yeah, he just like popped it. I it, think it's implies it in next the film to, that she made it herself. It's next to Mr. Men's. Yeah. It, 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 she thought it was a Noah Hargreaves when you, she picked oh, it up to read. Such an easy mistake to make. So, you know, okay, he's, he's misunderstood. Yeah. But, you know, film's an interpretive media. But look, we've started off on a sort of positive for me because I'm glad the Babadook was included. Very good film. Now, number 19, another film I know you'll be glad to Go see on. on the list. Drag Me to Hell, 2009. Oh, wow. I mean, the word masterpiece is thrown around a lot. But when that when that stereotype of a Romany gypsy gummed Sorry, our protagonist that, that, in the car park, that that's her, um, I knew that we were on something special. And what's great about that film, we've talked about before how no art 
uh, is complete without a circular structure because it's obviously very clever mm. and it's really the only way to tell your audience like oh the whole this thing is, is connected yeah. yeah if you start how you end and what Raimi did was really the ultimate circularity where the title of the film <laughs> is was the also very last the very last shot. and worst <laughs> thing that you ever saw <laughs> and also the poster yeah <laughs> which is it's it's very bold the dumbest and choice yes. because you spend the whole film going wow they she never did get dragged to hell <laughs> and then in the last <laughs> second you go oh no no my mistake that's very director silly. sam Raimi's the director Sam Raimi orchestrates nope. a tongue-in-cheek symphony of fear in this grippingly <laughs> baroque thin- gross-out of oh. a thriller about an innocent young bank worker. <laughs> <laughs> this article funny sounds like it's been Google translated and then translated yeah, like back. a few times. Yeah. Or just synonymed to fuck. Cursed by a decrepit one-eyed gypsy woman. <laughs> but she's got two eyes. For sure. Like as far as I'm aware, she does. in the picture in his article, I she think, has both I think eyes. what he meant was no toothed. Oh, it's easy right. to get those confused because she does, as you remember, the great gumming in the car scene. It's up there with like the elevator and the shining for mm. memorable horror moments. Really, really good. Only now, Raimi is working in the digital area, which he uh, takes full advantage of with insanely eruptive imagery that redefines the phrase "in your face." Hmm. What about three um, D films? Seems like he missed a trick. Well, also, that isn't a sentence. Yeah, the whole thing is written in quite an irritating yeah. manner, for sure. Um, I went to see that film in the cinema. Okay. And it was fine, but you would be objectively lying to put it in the top 20 anything to say ever <laughs> to say that anything in the film was orchestrated yeah to say that it it, it was, was fun to say that it was clever enough to even be tongue-in-cheek yeah i think it, well it really wasn't at all tongue it was just i didn't think like like it was just like cheek. all of his stuff it's just just, just tried to be a bit horrible yeah but wasn't even it's no spider-man 3 18 the witch uh, the V Vitch. yeah as it's as it's per- have you seen it yeah i like the witch i haven't seen it yet um, but I've heard only good things. Yeah. It's an interesting inclusion from someone who thinks Drag Me to Hell is very good mm. because it's almost the opposite film. They put it as one better. It's <laughs> weird because, like, they're so different because nothing happens in The Witch, really, at mm. all. Um, and it surprises me that the same person could like them both enough to put them next to each other on a top 20. Well, then you'll be even more interested to find out that at number 17 on the list is... The Human Centipede 2, brackets, full sequence. That's mad, because that's not even the best Human Centipede, and they're all quite bad and mad. They're all very poor. Like, what's his justification for that? Should I read it? Yeah. Not for the squeamish? No. This one's barely suitable for the (laughs) non-squeamish. Oh! That's clever. He's done us. In fact, I humbly apologise for putting it on the list. Yet, if Tom Six is... I forgot that's his name. I met him. Have I told that story on the show before? I don't think you have, I was in the queue for a horror film festival, funnily enough, at like 5am in the morning. And a big man in a cowboy hat tapped me on the shoulder and just started talking to me about, like, how we were all in a queue. It was very innocuous and dull. And I was not in a good mood because it was so early and I hadn't had coffee and Matthew had been taking too long to get it or something. And then we spoke tersely for about 10 minutes. And then I think he got 
he picked up on my what I was putting out, which was that I wasn't in a chatty mood. And as soon as he left, the person in front of me turned around and said, you know who that was? And I said, no. Was he a big cowboy freak? He was like, no, that was the guy who did the human centipede. So in a way, I was right. Yeah. Uh, uh, here we go. Yes. Uh, yeah. If Tom Six's sequel to his royally revolting 2009 spectacle of bodily horror is a film that would have the Marquis de Sade gagging into his popcorn, there's no denying this one <sighs> sick joke. I hate that. This, this is one sick joke nightmare that pushes its snuff scenario to such an extreme that it achieves a certain horrifying catharsis. And he's used the word catharsis there. That's clever. So we know that is it's that, right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that a, a Greek it is, word? It is a Greek. Right, so it's not new Greek. It's old, 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 like old and ancient. Greek, yeah. Okay, so you will need a degree to have used that word, I expect. I, Probably I, in film and literature. Film and Greek. Yeah, very. that's really good. It's actually. shot in industrial black and white and stars Lawrence R. Harvey as a nerdish sweat hog of a garage attendant. A nerdish we, sweat hog? Yeah, there's what no punctuation there. Does that mean? Just nerdish sweat hog. As in like he won't share his sweat with others? Uh, I assume he meant it in the pigly sense. So like a sweaty hog? Yeah. Horrid. No need for that. Of a garage attendant wielding a staple gun who assembles 10 victims, bringing them to a fetid London warehouse to create the ultimate human daisy chain of sadistic depravity. Don't call it a daisy chain. No (laughs) daisy chain should have mouth to anus contact. Like, if that's how you make them, no no daisy chain should involve eating shit. (laughs) Whatever your primary school instructors suggest. I just, the whole, like, we had the Babadook. Yeah. Atmospheric, although a little short on, in yeah, Owen's humble opinion. Devoid. Then Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Drivel. Really odd. Then The Witch, apparently very good. But um, then very, like, slow. It's very much, yeah. like I say, the opposite of the Drag Me to Hell style. Then The Human Centipede too. The Human Centipede, like, people who are fans of them are traditionally not horror fans no. so much. Because, like... They play to horror audiences, but very much knowingly not quality yeah. products. And it's like, it fails because it's not as horrid as it thinks it is. And it's not as horrid as lots of other stuff is just in terms of the body horror. And the second one is a, like, is a weird choice for sure. Hit me with 16. 16 is Paranormal Activity 3. I haven't seen it, but I can't <laughs> imagine it's. Uh, it's better than two. Okay. I is two actually, better than one? No, no. I th- I think I, I think I would agree with him that it's my favourite of them. Okay. Um, because what like one is well done, mm-hmm. but it's there's nothing very inventive in it. Oh, that's interesting because I would have thought that was the most inventive one. No, because the thing the good the thing about uh, Paranormal Activity three is it takes place in the eighties, uh-huh. and so the that camera so the camera equipment is like very very simple. It's uh-huh. just like regular camcorder. So in order to watch, I think I've mentioned this before to you. In order to have like surveillance of the whole room, mm-hmm. um, they have to they like build a little device for it where they put they take the fan off a rotating oh, yeah, fan nice and idea. tape it to it. So it's very slowly in that very agonizing way, drifting back and forth across the yeah, room. I but, can get on board with that. And so like, and the way that they have to introduce some of the filming elements is more interesting than, I mean, the thing, the, the most, the most enduring and powerful thing about the first one is just that the shot they chose for uh-huh. the bedroom is just perfect. Yeah. Like, it's it very works well very, very well. 
Um, but yeah, again, it feels weird that the guy who likes the human centipede two was into paranormal activity three starting in 2007. The paranormal activity films were the planted camera succession successors, sorry, to the Blair Witch project. And though the whole found footage aspect was already starting to wear thin, the movies were strikingly effective as, and are you ready? Mm -hmm. Gothic suburban ghost fantasies. Mm, I have loads of those. (laughs) Keeps me up at night. We have to living in this flat. Yeah. Uh, that used the twitchy time code graininess of surveillance footage to coax our eyes into believing that we might be catching an honest glimpse of the supernatural. The first film was the most original, he says, mm. but this one, directed by Ariel Shulman and Henry Juiced of Catfish, mm-hmm. has the most memorable scares. If it, uh, sorry, it's a movie in which a pristine kitchen starts to look like a torture chamber and where we're haunted at every turn by the film's ominous promise to put a face on evil. To put a face on evil. Don't remember that. Don't remember being. Was that the key that. tension we, at the beginning? From like, right, guys, it's we need got to put a, a neck, face. It's, it's got like shoulders on the donkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put a face on evil. Um, number fifteen is the descent. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's quite good. I guess um, and no, it's not better than most of the ones that were before it. No, no. Okay, Karen. Number fourteen, and this is one that's caused a lot of, I think, justified outrage. Is let me in. Let me in the remake of the much Let better the right, right one in. in. <clears throat> it's part of the catechism of contempo horror. Why is he writing this? <laughs> is it just to hurt me? I think me? it's to hurt you. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's specifically... the person that I hate the most. It's an art, really. It's part of the catechism of contempo horror. He that laughed. the 2008 Swedish cult vampire film, Let the Right One In, is some sort of masterpiece. Sorry, but I think it's a slipshod and pious movie. Pious about what? <laughs> Being a vampire. Oh, look what at a me. holy vampire. What a super serious down child off your vamp. fucking undead horse. Oh, stupid criticism. The American remake directed by Matt Reeves turns the uh, material more dangerous by drawing us into a queasy sympathy with the ambiguous guardian, played here by Richard Jenkins, of a 12-year-old vampire, Chloe Grace Moretz, even though he's really her slave. That makes Moret's youthful blood fiend a far more ironic <laughs> saviour when she befriends a sensitive boy mm-hmm. in her apartment complex. The bloodsucker scenes are disquieting in a herky-jerky way. <laughs> uh, that means it was wanking, doesn't <laughs> it? it? Definitely that does. Wanking to 12-year-old Chloe Grace Moret. Another central relationship is presented as a love so haunted you're not sure if it will lead to anything but more evil. Mm. don't see why he didn't get any of that from the first <laughs> well it's odd isn't it because the first one is like by all accounts better in, it's in more inventive sense. it's a, just a better made film i don't think the remake's bad but it's possibly the most unnecessary horror remake ever like well, to remake it that soon afterwards well yeah like it it just seems that you know they know film producers that american audiences i think specifically won't go and see a Scandinavian film. Yeah, but it didn't so, even do that badly. No, by, like, but they, international but so they remake all of them. So that like they did with, they did the same with the girl with the dragon tattoo, didn't they? Mm. They made a film of that. And then they went, well, no one's going to go see that. Better try Put again. Daniel Craig in it. And yeah. let's see if anyone will see it this time. It just seems mad. Like, and again, it feels uh, that opening sentence, part of the catechism of contempo horror. He just chose this one, to be annoying. Yeah, like that to is be very contrarian. Much like, yeah, exactly. A contrarian opinion. 13 is A Quiet Place, 
which I haven't seen, seen but no. everyone I know who has seen it has said it's very, very good and that I should go and see it. So yeah, like, I've heard lukewarm reception from my mm, most trusted sources. Oh, right. But I'll still go and see it for sure. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not going to have any problem with that being on the list. No, go for it. It's certainly an inventive and interesting concept. Yeah. 12, Planet Terror. 2007. Planet Terror. You have to. I'll be honest, I've never seen it. Is there a poster for it? Uh, there's a picture. Tell me if you think it looks like one of the best okay, films in the last 20 years. Oh, very good. I think this is a B movie thing that I may yeah. have seen. Yeah, you could call the Robert Rodriguez half of yes. Grindhouse a parody. Oh, yeah. You'd be correct. And it's someone more famous than the other half of yeah. this. Yeah, this riff on a deliciously bottom-of-the-barrel 1980s crawling slime zombie thriller is made with such heightened fanboy exactitude and such a poker-faced affection for everything that defined the Walking Dead splatter schlock of the time that you rarely catch the satire showing. Fuck, it, it's, it's tiring it's weary, to read. Wearying it's to just tiring tear. to read. Like, it's like a it, forest of bullshit. Why <laughs> it's... It's just an absolute ocean of commas mm. and none of them in the right place. Rodriguez has made a memorable homage to that place where horror and cheesiness fuse and become one. If I remember correctly, it's either this one or the other half of the Grindhouse film. It's someone like Tarantino. In fact, it might be Tarantino uh, I think it is, one. yeah. I think it might be Tarantino's one then or the <laughs> other one where there's a famous character who's got half their legs like a chainsaw or something. Oh, right. They're very mad. <laughs> They're definitely well made but like what is he saying that they've added to the horror canon of the last 20 years yeah. they are self-conscious kind of pastiche mm. so it's only it's not adding anything new weird to put it above no, but it, films that he's pointed s- sorry, out did on you, novel sorry did you not hear that it's a memorable homage oh, the place no. where horror and cheese and his fuse sorry, come yeah, one I take it all back yeah sorry Owen, fit- Owen knows well he knew the word catharsis so like exactly fair. Uh, number 11 Ringu Oh, he's gone for the original. Now he, he has. hasn't. He's not going to put the ring above it, tricking us there. No, he, he's not. Okay. So Although I do like the remake. I, yeah, I, I love, think it's really, really I love good. The remake. It's Gore Verbinski, isn't it? Yeah, it sure. It's is. really weird. Very, very With, horrid sounds and horses oh, that, and boats. That's, the, the actual video really is well done. very, very horrid. I wonder if like that was directed by him or if he got like an assistant director because imagine how great it would be as your like project as an ad to be given go and make the horrid video oh, you have free so reign to good. use like anything horrible that there is <laughs> make like a mood board of all the horrid things there are and what he chose a was horse, a chair a ladder <laughs> um <clears throat> and of course a wonderful appearance by brian cox of course as a very angry very angry man <laughs> who used to own horses yeah. before they all in suicided. The day, before they all jumped off a boat. The defining J-horror film. Hideo, J-horror. I know, I, I don't really like find term. it offensive. Hideo Nakata's shivery tale was once a cutting-edge fable that merged mossy Victorian return of the repressed ghost imagery with the staticky jolts of 21st century technology. It now looks like a period piece. It's about that creaky old thing of videotape. But what hasn't dated is Nakata's vision of how the wormy surrealist imagery of nightmares will always find a new place to roost. The film's chronicle of unfathomable abuse touches a raw nerve of fear. And though the 2002 American remake was surprisingly well done, it's nowhere near as freaky as the original. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much in alignment. He also wrote, like, noticeably, that was the least wanky one he's written so far. Started with a bit of... of, of Yeah, a little bit. Of faff. 
Flaff. Flaff works because flaff. it's fluff and fat. Yep, yeah, there we go. But after the fluff, you can tell that that's more in line with his actual opinion because it doesn't sound like he's just meeting his word count. No. Um, now, obviously... A return to form, I expect, for the next one. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we've had 11, so we've had the, the second 10. And we're it seems like he's going like 10. on and one on, one off. Yeah, well, be so prepared for that off. to continue. Uh, what, what sort of thing do you think? I mean, he's claiming there are 10 better horror films in the last 20 years mm-hmm. than the original Ring movie. I mean, I'll be, I can't pinpoint what he's into at all. Mm. Like, I can't calibrate to what his expectations are of the genre, what his criteria are for, like, best, whether mm-hmm. it's most inventive or something <clears throat> pushing yeah. the boundaries or just very, like, typical but exemplary versions of slashes, mm-hmm. for example. Um, I have I'll no tell you that the next one's none. Oh, right. What, any guesses? No, I wouldn't like to. It's insidious. Insidious, right. Okay, very... Definitely one better than The Ring. Yeah, Definitely absolutely. ten better than The Babadook. Well, what I think The Babadook and The Ring and even Let Me In fail to do that Insidious does masterfully is include literal thousands of ghosts. <laughs> and what, what I think the kind of trajectory of the film does so well is for a long time there's no ghosts. But then when there's one ghost, there's hundreds. <laughs> Just open the ghost gates. <laughs> and it's, yeah, a veritable torrent of haunts are unleashed mm. upon the viewer. And I suppose in its own way, that is And in that, in that same way, it did the same thing with insidious movies because there's about 14 God, of them yeah, now. They won't They've stop. got like The Conjuring and The Nun now mm, and all that. Aren't they all the same universe or some sort of bullshit? Yeah, possibly they are. I know The Conjuring and Annabelle are, but they all yeah. they all basically are the same Yeah, they're the same movie, film. yeah. Yeah, I think mm. The Conjuring's better than Insidious myself. Director James Wan casts a major shadow over the horror cinema of our era. He inaugurated the torture porn genre with Saw, and he infused don't-go-in-the-attic cliches with new energy, though he couldn't completely transcend their musty aspect with The Conjuring 2013. Hmm. So it's he's the same guy doing them. Yeah. Yet Insidious remains his most artful and accomplished spook show. Spook show? That's Come a on. Shame. Don't be giving us that. Owen. In form, it's a good old haunted house movie, but one reaches back to imagery from the 1962 oddball classic Carnival of Souls mm. to conjure a vision of the afterlife that's frighteningly present tense with ghosts who have a way of showing up always accordingly to display their hideous smiling faces at just the right moment to leave you drenched with anxiety. I saw Insidious and a bunch of other almost indistinguishable films like within the same two day period. Mm -hmm. And so much to my own displeasure, Insidious and what I think is a much better film, Sinister, Mm -hmm. are, I can barely tell them apart. They are, yeah. So, but Sinister is, Insidious is the one where it's like a seance, right? Where he, and then the, the spoilers, the dad has to like go into the ghost realm to fish out his ghost son or bullshit like that. Whereas Sinister is all about videotapes, I think. Think so, yeah. And a tree that people are hanging from. And there's a very good lawnmower scene. Okay, I'm clear. Okay, so we've got nine left. Yeah. It's it's like, okay, Uh good. Then it's really bad for for three. (laughs) It's questionable for 
one, what, and then the last three are are probably pretty good. Okay, that's good that we're going to end on a high note yeah. in agreement with Owen because we don't want to yeah. drag him through the fence. Although it does feel like after all this, it may. Although he's right, mm. I think it might have been either an accident or a choice designed as a kind of peace offering okay. slash plea yep. to the reader. But here we go. So <clears throat> moving into the final nine. Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Should be higher if you're going to include it at all. There has often been a comic element to zombie films, even if it's off screen. The scenarios are so over the top that at certain points it's hard not to giggle. Edgar Wright's cheeky zombie bash. Cheek. You want to come to my cheeky, cheeky zombie, zombie bash? bash? Plays off that fanboy knowing this in a most delectable way, since the joke of the movie is that the dead have risen and are feasting on the living, but in lumpish working-class Britain, everyone is so blitzed, jaded and drunk that it's hard to tell the difference. Still Wright's best film, the movie works beautifully as the very sort of head-splatter spectacle it's skewering. Yeah, it is very excellent. It's Yeah, it's it's, it's sort of unfairly good, Shaun yeah. of the Dead, isn't it? It's like just not... It's not... shouldn't on. be allowed. Number eight, a film I still haven't seen, but you have Hereditary. Yeah, um, interesting choice. Give me his rationale, and I'll, I'll react. It's a ghost story, he starts. Okay. <laughs> with seances. Yeah. Crawling ants and decapitated bodies. Yet the scariest thing about Ari Aster's uh, disturbing, master, sorry, disturbing maze of a creep show is how staggeringly personal its demons are. Tony Collette, as a woman fighting off the destructive she legacy of her good. late mother, gives a horror film performance worthy of mid-period Ingmar Bergman, and yeah. Astor directs without any of the usual megaplex horror razzmatazz. He strikes uh, a tone of exploratory eeriness that's spellbound with dismay, creating echoes of Rosemary's Baby and The Wicker Man that culminate uh, interestingly, two films that don't appear on the list. But oh, they're, they're, not, they're, yeah, they're, they're outside they're older, the yeah. remake. Uh, that culminates even in the f- Nick Cage remake. Yeah, so I know. I'm actually surprised. Up in the I'm actually surprised seven. it's not. That culminate in a finale that will leave you flawed. It depicts the forces of the afterlife engaged in an all-out takeover of the here and now. Okay. Uh, no, to most of them, I'm going to say. Hereditary was... It's not mid-period Ingmar Bergman. Well, I don't good. know. It's a very odd thing to say, isn't it? Very strange comparison. Because he made a good seance. Big, big seance yeah. films. Um, I liked Hereditary, but I found it ultimately disappointing, and I wouldn't put it that high on the list. In terms of its you ambition, wouldn't say, though... You wouldn't say, like, all of the posters that it's Modern Day Exorcist. No, I wouldn't. I would say that it, the guy who made it could go on to make a Mondex. Do you think he the thought bits that it are was? Good. No, I don't think so. I think he's uh, I'm a fan of his work because that's like his first mate actual film. He'd done mm. shorts that were very good. Right. But it had a lot of promise, <clears throat> but it didn't really use it to full effect. And I hear the industry rumour is that there was some test audiences that fucked the film over for the uh, That's a shame. By not understanding very simple things. Now, you haven't been keen to do this thus far okay. in the episode, but I am going to ask you to guess. The next three films are broadly considered to be poor. Okay. Uh, in one of them to be one of the worst horror films, I think of the last 20 years. Right. <laughs> one of them to be one of the the maddest like explorations into into horror in the last 20 years and one is just bullshit. Well, so I want you to take some guesses. He strikes me as the kind of um man, let's say, because mm-hmm. I've self-censored 
who would try and wrangle some kind of like Aronofsky number, like mother. I can see him putting something like it's mother. It's not mother. Mother's not on the list. <clears throat> Alternatively, I can see him going for some very like weird animated thing that no one else has seen or heard of that we may be like it was at Sundance for 20 minutes and, and no 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 it. we haven't got those so you're safe on those two fronts they're they're all pretty mainstream yeah one is one is incredibly mainstream okay one is part of a, a franchise and the other is a big name film that hasn't has he gone for Cabin in the Woods no he hasn't gone oh, for Cabin in the Woods I was I would have put money on him going for Cabin in the Woods no I can't think I think the limiting factor is just being able to remember films out of context mm, well number seven on the list a very forgettable film <clears throat> 2013's World War Z wow okay <laughs> I mean yeah it wasn't very good and everyone accepted at the time that it wasn't very everyone good. went it's the worst <laughs> Zombie film that's, that's weird. been made. Great climbing up each other to go. Really into very horrible. Some cool trailers. Underused. In 2002, Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. Now, interestingly, a film not on the list. But inside the catchment. Mm-hmm. The temporal... And, oh, that's very odd. Mm. Rebooted the zombie genre, giving it a ferocious new blood. I think but not, that was maybe meant to be a pun. Yeah, it was very good. You're it, right. <laughs> it has attained... Uh, fresh heights ever since with the epic horror of The Walking Dead the raw desolation of 28 weeks later a sequel even more chilling than the first but film. still not that's chilling wrong. enough to get on the list that's wrong I like 28 weeks later but it's not a film more chilling than the first not more chilling I no. would agree um, although it's opening scene is extraordinarily good yeah no I think it's very good yeah uh, yeah I'd argue he doesn't say wrongly, but I'm going to pop that okay, in for yeah, him. Just chuck yeah, I'd argue around. wrongly that World War Z, a big budget, big studio Brad Pitt movie, remains the genre's most exciting 21st century spawn. Why? It's a film of apocalyptic grandeur and seething suspense, and Pitt grounds the story with a dread-ridden command. The slow burn final sequence set at a World Health Organization facility outside Wales was famously added during reshoots, but set aside your prejudice about studios using test screenings to figure out how to end their films, and you'll see that it's the most breathless and accomplished zombie showdown since the glory days of George A. Romero. Wow. That's a very big claim. I, I, he must have been paid. It's crazy to, put to that on the throw list. up. 28 days later and then just immediately dismiss it while yeah. saying that it's spawned and, and then the to say the to, to say 28 days later then to say 28 weeks later is better but actually and then <laughs> World War Z is where the real money's at yeah I'm not on board <clears throat> number six Hostel Part 2 can't distinguish it from Hostel Part 1 but I'm not a fan of any of the hostels I forgot about Saw if Saw's not on the list oh it's not on the list it's bullshit the first Saw <laughs> he, he mentioned great. it earlier but yeah, it's not this. How, who puts hostel and not saw? Hostel is a strictly worse version of saw. It's, yeah, it's just bullshit. Like there's there's not a film in hostel. Very silly. Torture porn movies get no respect, and I'm one of the legions who give them none. Ninety nine percent of the genre is despicable, sadomasochistic trash. But Eli Roth's ghoulishly shocking sequel to his 2005 torture porn trifle isn't just an extraordinary horror film. Let's, oh, not, that, sorry, let's that, not gloss over torture porn trifle. Sorry, that was the end of the sentence as well. Oh. <laughs> it's not just an extraordinary horror film. There's a weirdly compelling morality to it, rooted in the chilling plausibility of the scenario it presents. Set in a remote warehouse in a Slovak village, where wealthy clients pay for the right to torture and kill someone. Mm. 
You're getting, yeah, getting the moral sense. It's a global nightmare for the age of websites like Silk Road. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare for that website. Yeah. Oh, it's quaking in its digi boots. And you literally watch it with the thought, could this actually be happening somewhere? <laughs> oh. Owen's been duped. Owen, you're silly. You've mistaken some creepy pastors. Yeah. Roth has made a movie that's unstinting. Okay, in, sure. its, in its gore, yet looks just like what it would look like if amateurs got to give Not in to I've their heart it. of darkness. Not that I do it on the weekends, <laughs> but accurate. Number five. Now, this is this is the maddest choice okay. on the list, right? Because it's it's not okay. It is panned, and it's not it's not great. Uh-huh. But I don't hate it. Okay, but it. it there is nothing about it to warrant being on a list of 20 anythings. At number, what are we, four? Five. Five, now. Okay. Five now, I think, yeah. Um, Go on, hit me with it. What Lies Beneath? The, the film the Harrison about... Ford. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's very odd. It no is odd. No one's thought about that film. No, that's it. Like, it's decades. the most forgettable movie. It's a, It's... Like that film is emblematic of you're just flicking channels at yeah. eleven o'clock and, and it's on ITV two, it yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It would be ITV two yeah. plus six, generously. And, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll watch the last forty minutes. Yeah. And you're like, cool. Yeah, it was you like on. it's all right. I remember. I, I, in fact, interestingly, that this is on the list because uh, Sarah Emily's mum lent me the, this DVD the first uh-huh. time I saw it, along with what was it? The was gift. It- Oh, is that the gift's quite recent, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, this was quite recent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh no, no, no! This was like fourteen years ago. Oh, or something. Right. I can't. Oh, who is it? Who's in that film? I cannot remember. I don't know. But it's like again, it's it's in exactly the same genre of it's all right. Yeah. It's a bit horrible, but instantly forgettable. What lies beneath? Two thousand. That's the year it was released. It's not like <laughs> a reboot. <laughs> Stanley wow. Kubrick. It sounds like an oxymoron. A Hollywood supernatural thriller starring people like Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer that's supple enough in its sleight of hand terror to get as far under your skin as the most artful indie creep out. That's a, such a, a horrid image. Supple sleight of hand to get to under get your skin. skin. Like a like a murderous How supple magician. does your hand have to be to get fully under the flesh? Yeah, that's just what Robert Zemeckis' movie brings off. It lifts elements from Hitchcock films like Rear Window and Suspicion, telling the story of a Vermont housewife who thinks her neighbour may have been killed. Yet Zemeckis lends the tale a dreamy dread all of his own. He leads you to places you don't think he's going. Pfeiffer acts with a tremulous conviction, bringing this gothic and unusual emotional rootedness. And as for Harrison Ford, let's just say that his sluggish underacting is for once to the point. The final bathtub scene is shivery bliss. I do like the final scene of that film. But yeah. again, it's just not... No, it's not. It's not going to be on the list. It's not. It's it not. shouldn't be on any list. Yeah. Move on. Okay, from here on out, it's let's, okay. Let's end on a home run. I'm feeling good about it. Well, the home run doesn't start phenomenally. He's not going to... To my mind, home. but I like others will probably disagree. Go on. But then it, it does get good. I forgot uh, about Scream. Scream... Oh no, Scream might be... Scream's outside. What, one much. of the Screams must be... Uh, but it's not a list. Oh. Number four, The Sixth Sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it in the top five. 
but fair. Let's give credit to M. Night Shyamalan. His name for a while became a punchline, the guy with the twist endings, but he has made a handful of highly watchable movies like The Village. Wrong. Wrong. Oh, yeah, you hate The Village. Wrong. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst horror film. We should do a, a quick fun I just want. I just want to say here and now that The Village could be the most artfully, most well-crafted, well-orchestrated, mm. most sublimely acted, directed, cinematographed mm-hmm. movie of all time. It would still be utter shite <laughs> because the twist isn't a twist because it just straight up lies to you. <laughs> At the start of the film, it comes up on screen like, 1864. Does it actually? Yeah. So it's Lots not, it's not all. Maybe it, gonna... meant it was a 24 hour clock. <laughs> 1864. <laughs> 25 hours. Like it just, it's not that it sets you up to think something and then pulls the rug out. It just lied to you and I then went, oh. You're really showing your ignorance here because if you freeze the film, in fact, at any point, with the exception of only two frames, there is a car in every shot you can see an iphone you can see the statue of liberty (laughs) (laughs) um uh, where are you yeah so the sixth sense um like the village and split i still haven't seen along with one that's amazing unbreakable not on this list because it's not a horror film yep thanks for bringing that up but the movie that planted him on the map is still his most restrained and relatable and perfectly proportioned and elegantly original ghost story with a twist that earns every inch of its whoa factor. Whoa. Haley Joel Osment is innocently creepy as a kid who sees dead people and Bruce Willis is furtive and touching as the lost soul he befriends. Furtive and touching Bruce. To that little boy, <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think fair enough top 10 in terms of like cultural impact. It's undeniable. I just don't think important. it's that incredible though. But I, don't, I think I don't think to it's, be there. I don't think it's that scary at all either. No, no, it's not at all. It's like But I don't think it's suspenseful. I don't think I it's don't anything. Think it's, yeah. I, think I, I actually, I think it's really, really boring. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's not aged very well because it's like the... Uh, yeah, Seinfeld it is a meme did as it. well, yeah. Seinfeld isn't funny TV tropes. They're yeah. like, it made all the jokes, which I don't think is true. It's not true. But uh, we have to use its its name anyway. Number three. Mm-hmm. The first film maybe to earn not just its place, but its actual figure okay, on the list. excited. The Blair Witch Project. Oh, yes. Very good. 1999. Maybe you loved it, maybe you hated it. You certainly saw it because in the summer of 99, the original found footage verite horror movie changed the rules for what a fright film could be. Yet its artistry artistry was about more than novelty. For those of us who watched Blair Witch in Jitters, it caught something that no movie had before. Not just the darkness, but genuine godforsaken night Mm. and the spirits that run loose in it. A raggedy home movie descent that plays like a demon version of MTV's Road Rules. Okay, if you say so. I don't know what that <laughs> <Sure>. is. Sure. <laughs> I can't be right. This tale of three student filmmakers who get lost in the woods while searching for the legendary Blair, which now looks like a cautionary myth for the digital age. It says just because you've got the camera pointed at yourself doesn't mean they're not watching you. Mm. Again, another one where, but better. for a few moments, yeah. better written. Absolutely. And, and sort of right. And, it is yeah, correct the Godforsaken Night is like exactly the point of it. Yeah. But I would go further and say the Godforsaken Day. Like, I think the day is more horrible in that film. The feeling of, like, being 
the slow creeping fear of being completely lost is yeah. so well conveyed in that film. Yeah, it's like it's, incredible. It's and it, panic it, inducing. Yeah, and it does the sort of uh, the cabin fever, slow descent into mm. mania, and then the relief from that much better than any other film that I've seen because it it builds genuinely, but also as it does genuinely for anyone. Like when we had the Block Switch experience, yeah. interesting that they... They, they, they ripped us yeah. off, the bastards. No. <clears throat> Retro rippers. Um, is that it, it, it builds, but then it also like... Res- like it has moments of it ebbs and flows, yeah. doesn't it? Like we we had moments where we were fine and we were laughing, and then moments again where it's all very tense yeah. and very mad. And um, and each time it doubles the yeah the power. And the Blair Witch Project is one that much like we were just saying about whatever the one before was. What was it? The Sixth, Sixth Sense, Sense about people complaining it doesn't hold up. Loads of people like it's very common now mm. for people to be like, oh yeah, I, I just don't believe that proof. To the to the contrary is that it must have been like five years ago or something. I sat down with one of my good friends, Jacob, and a friend of ours, mutual friend, and we sort of wordlessly, in the way that you can with very good friends, mm-hmm. conspired to put the Blair Witch was on TV, mm-hmm. um, and our other friend didn't know that it was about to be on and had never seen it. And so we just laid very casually the groundwork of like, oh, have you, have you heard of this one? Like it's, it's this documentary from the like late nineties. It's pretty crazy. I think it was, was it Jacob? Was it filmed like quite near? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. And we watched it and the boy was fucking terrified. Oh well, yeah. Inclusive of having to get him out of the room for the ad breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and then we followed it up at about 3am by going for a walk in the nearby giant oh, park. Oh, that is good. Where, fun fact, there's a rope swing that someone hanged himself oh. on. So it really added to And it wasn't your mutual friend no, that evening. No, it wasn't. But yeah, the, the scare is real. It, it does, it just does hold up because it, it's so very well, very well done. Yeah. It's, it holds up in a way that I think something like paranormal, paranormal activity won't. Uh-huh. Like I think paranormal activity will always be fine, but I don't think it will forever remain Blair Witch. good. Whereas Blair Witch, it catches something. Yeah. Not just fundamental about the night, the day about being lost and about being scared, but it also does capture something really, I think, crucial in the same way the ring does about that kind of technology where it's just kind of it's like it's just a bit too physically clunky Mm. it's one of the things that i've been thinking about because we've been watching this maniac on netflix this maniac (laughs) (laughs) um which has the that um blade runner-esque sort of future retro yeah look to it where there's lots of very futuristic technology in terms of the ideas yeah. and what it can do, but it's all built in very kind of clunky cubic screens, thick mm. keyboard, uh, like old style camcorders, lots of wires mm-hmm. sort of ways in that way that when you watch things from sort of the, the eighties, seventies and eighties and even nineties, their ideas of what is futuristic is still bound by the physical like even in Minority Report that we watched the other night, which is made in 2002, set in 2054, mm-hmm. 
their their idea of what 2054's technology would be yeah, like basically just technology was basically just a floppy disk <laughs> still that you it was just made of glass yeah. instead and you think now we're we're 16 years on and I can just flick literally flick a video from my phone onto yeah. the screen and they couldn't even envisage that and there's something I think quietly haunting about that that I think will only get more horrible in the same way that now I find um you know like really early audio recordings yeah. are just straight well, up they're de facto horror. creepy yeah. it doesn't matter what it is it's horrible you hear the like the warp in the record and the mm. oh, yeah. here's the slight like out of tune quality very upsetting like they they're just de facto horrible it's clever as well because it will only age it will only age gracefully in in terms of like people who love cinema and love the way that film works. Yeah. It is almost about the way film works. Yeah, in exactly. It, in its use of, of like the camera as such a central device. And I, I also, as an ASMR fan, I'm just a big, big uh, stan of just the sounds of the holding and moving that mm. physical camera. Oh, good choice, good Owen. Yeah, well done, Owen. Number two on his list, we'll never know because my phone's glitched and it won't open. We'll have to guess. Was it Drag Me to Hell 2, the no. forthcoming sequel? It was Audition. Oh, okay. 99. It's not quite the greatest film on this list. Well, we can see that, <laughs> yeah. thanks. But it's the most sheerly horrifying and indeed one of the most horrifying movies ever made. Prepare to have your sleep disturbed. Takashi... Uh, is Go it Miikas? I have no idea. It's M I. I-K-E. Yeah, whatever you think. Takashi Mika's uh, Bravura Bad Dream is also a cosmic expression of our age, a tale of feminine wrath and vengeance slashing away at an entrenched system of male control. Think Psycho for the age of womanly empowerment. That's okay, cool. I will. Thanks. A lonely widower, Ryo Ishibashi, uh, arranges to audition women for a movie. Brackets. He's really looking for a wife. Yeah, what a creep. He meets Asami, who's played by Aihi Shina, a passive and seductive mystery girl who acts out her damage by putting men through the tortures of the damned. Every ear gets the vision of hell it deserves. This one is ours. Cool. No comment. Any ideas on number one? Literally none. Uh, it's a film that we've both seen. Okay. We both think is very, very good. Uh-huh. It's by someone that we both like. And it, but it would be the film that, as Owen, having totally fucked up his list by any objective measure, w- would and could easily use, uh-huh. and I'm going to say has, in order to swing the vote back in his like favor. Like a little get out of jail free cards. Like oh no, sorry, no. like a what? A get out of oh. jail. Oh, oh. Nice. it is of course Jordan Peele's Get Out Fair. here at number one. A horror movie that's a true classic should have many elements. It should scare us. It should haunt us. A very different thing, he helpfully tells Thanks, us. Thanks, It should lure us in with an emotional and dramatic engagement that transcends mere sensation. It should also feel like an ominous dream linked to the society that gave rise to it. That's what movies like Rosemary's Baby, Baby and Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Silence of the Lambs do. And that's the bar that Jordan Peele's dizzying racial nightmare sets for itself and sails over. Get Out dives into the psychology of African-American experience, yet it's no liberal message movie. One of its cosmic jokes is that liberals are part of the problem. 
Daniel Kaluuya as a photographer who travels upstate with his white girlfriend, Alison Williams, to meet her, quote, enlightened family, roots this tale of terror in an all-too-plausible daily paranoia. It's like a Polanski film written by James Baldwin. Okay. <laughs> with a sense of menace caught somewhere between the Twilight Zone and F the Police. He's, I mean, he's only saying that because Jordan Peele's doing the Twilight yeah. Zone. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> the result is an indelible roller coaster of dread, as well as a definitive projection of what it looks and feels like in that sunken place when black lives don't matter. Well done, Owen. Yeah, fair enough. Get Out is very good. Do you think he he's put it there genuinely? Well, I I think any suspicion that he's seen any of these films <laughs> was immediately erased by the inclusion of the centipede one, the dragging to hell one. The Stephen King's, as I, as we mentioned earlier, as we teased at the start, is the first reply. Oh yeah, and it just says World War Z and drag me to hell. Surely you jest. (laughs) (laughs) What a great economy of language to take that whole article down. He replied, World War Z is an extraordinary movie. It lacks the hipster quotient of Danny Boyle's zombie films, but it's even more exciting in its grandeur and timely darkness. He even tweets something. It doesn't mean anything. Timely darkness. I know. Do you want to see his photo? Yeah, go on. It does explain a lot. Let's have a look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can hear him we saying these, can't The you? expression of timely darkness. Someone replied, a list for those too scared to venture beyond the multiplex. Yes, also fair. I mean, it's, yeah, we could spend another hour on how criminally overlooked. And in fact, not even overlooked, but he's intentionally chosen the remake, the American remake of a non-English language film. Mm -hmm. But some of the best horror of the last decade has come out of, like, South America. There's that incredible, horrid Israeli horror film that we watched. Oh, yeah, The Wolf, is it? uh, Big Bad Wolf. There's that terrifying um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah. That's all just mad. uh, It's very silly and very wrong. But I thank Owen for giving us show content. (laughs) Someone... (laughs) Someone called Josh Stolberg mm-hmm. replied, Owen, 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 Owen. No, <laughs> no, no. You did half this list just to make me angry. <laughs> Meet me outside. <laughs> Cash me outside. <laughs> well, there we have it, hey. A-, a list for all of us to meditate on and... In the same way that we at That's a Shame are fervent recommenders of watching bad films Mm -hmm. and reading bad poems and things so that we might analyse critically what goes into the bad and know, therefore, what could go into the good. Lists like these help as a kind of springboard for our own reflection Mm. on two phenomenal decades in cinema history. <laughs> Until next time, I've been Isaac Bernier Doyle, joined in the sound by Declan Delane. Goodbye. Stay scared, folks. Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries.
struggles and your strides. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you. Come to you. 